0: Welcome to Seeking Paradise: Reflections on Spirituality, Community, and Justice. So, I got really annoyed with my email service this week. What happens is, uh, what happened? Someone emailed me a kind of an invite um, to a meeting, uh, and and that made that meeting appear on automatically onto my electronic calendar thing is i don't have an electronic calendar rather i don't want to have an electronic um calendar i'm quite happy with a paper calendar this is my calendar this is what it looks like it's a massive a4 one um it's 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 bigger than i wanted actually i ordered it online i didn't realize i was ordering one the size of this i wanted actually one half the size of this but nevertheless that's what I've got. Um, I'm I'm quite happy with the paper calendar. That's how I choose to organise my life. Um, but now, w- what happened this week is is that once because someone emailed me this invite to a meeting, it automatically went in the corner of my emails. So I'm looking. I'm reading my emails. And in the corner, there's a little thing saying meeting tomorrow 2 pm And I was like, I didn't ask for that little reminder to be there on my emails. I want to use my emails as emails. I don't want to use that calendar feature. I saw the meeting, I put it in my diary, and I'll be at the meeting. That's fine. But it was sort of imposing a, a, a structure on me that I didn't want to be there. And it was stressing me out. It was stressing me out. Because as I was sort of Answering my emails in this corner, there was this little thing saying "meeting tomorrow, meeting tomorrow, meeting tomorrow," and I couldn't work out how to turn it off. And I'm like, I don't want to be thinking about tomorrow's meeting when I'm answering today's emails. I know there's a meeting; I'm going to the meeting, but I don't want that little reminder there. I didn't ask for it to be there, and yet it's there, pushing me into into the future and kind of this constant visual reminder about something to worry about tomorrow. And that's really been the thing that's been annoying me this week. Do not worry about tomorrow. Today's worries are enough, said Jesus. (laughs) That's what I want to do. Jesus's teachings are an invitation into the present as much as, as, as Buddhist teachings are. There's this sense of urgency, this sense of immediacy, this sense of don't worry about tomorrow, Put your mind on today. But last week in our, in our spiritual discussions, we talked about how you know how, how realistic is this to not worry about tomorrow? How practical, how it might live in different ways if for, for different people, depending on your your circumstances, how you know how we might struggle with this, how how you how you live with it if, if you are struggling. How do we react to this? If we really do have. You know, real things to worry about? If you're struggling to pay the rent or worried about your job, can you really not worry about tomorrow? I've been thinking about this this week. I think, I think there might be different types of worry. There's worry which is a genuine fear of something that is real, Right, So uh, if we do have a real problem, if we can't pay the rent, then, of course, we're we're worried about that. And I'm always really cautious about any spirituality or spiritual path that claims it solves all your problems magically, that spiritualizes something that is genuine and real and needs to be dealt with and might be pointing us to, 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 to unjust structures, which is the reasons these things exist it's not because of our own lack of enlightenment it's because of the structures of capitalism we live in right that are pushing us like that email which is pushing me in into worry but also you know what if people are genuinely struggling it's 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 not because they're not spiritually enlightened it's because they're living in this society which is structured in this way which is causing this this fear and this anxiety and these these real things to be feared. And I don't want to dismiss that. That's an important thing. And we ought to be part of our spirituality is 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 seeking to transform the structures we live in. So that that is real. But there's also a kind of a, a constructive worry, a useful worrying, which is a problem solving worrying. So, I, OK, I have a problem. Uh, I need to think it over. Um, and we might think to ourselves, okay, I'm gonna worry about this and then I'm gonna to come to a conclusion. I'm gonna to come to some kind of solution. You know, I've thought about this and I need to talk to so-and-so about this. Tomorrow I will do this. I've come to a place of action that I'm gonna do. Or even actually, there's nothing I can, I thought about it and there's nothing I can do about it. So I need to let it go because there's nothing I can do about it. That's a, that's a, that's a conclusion as well. And so that's, that's another form of worrying which is constructive worrying. Another form of worrying, I think, is is the more unhealthy form of worrying, though it's sort of inevitable, which is catastrophizing. In other words, thinking of all the things that might go wrong, even though they probably won't. And the brain is very good at doing this. Um, This week I had a dream and I was I was trying to get off a train and i couldn't find my laptop my laptop was somewhere on the train and there were loads of people coming on the train sitting everywhere it was empty then it was full of people and my laptop was somewhere and i couldn't find it and i needed to get off the train and the train was beginning to close and i was going to go on to the next stop so like that's a thing that could go wrong right and my brain goes that might go wrong let's play that scenario out of something that might go wrong right So our brain does that, thinks, what if this happened? What if that happened? And like that manifests as dreams sometimes as well. Uh, Our our most fear of everything going wrong. Okay. So we all do this. There's an element of us that does this. You know, even if we, we try not to do it consciously, we do it unconsciously in things like dreams. And we do it when thinking about, you know, loved ones as well. You know, we're worried about loved ones. About their health maybe at this time. Um, if, if your loved one is on a plane, you're probably just, you know, a bit anxious until, you know, they've landed safely or even, you know, on, on a motorway journey. You, know, you might just think, oh, just a little bit worried until I know that they're home safely. Right? There's a natural fear in this up to a point. Sometimes bad things do happen, but, you know, often they don't like 99 percent of the time they don't happen. And are we obsessing over things that are very unlikely to happen all the time? You know, that there, there are times when I think someone's going to mug me, but usually they don't, right? Now, I've been beaten up a few times in my life. I've been mugged a few times in my life. Um, in my childhood, once walking home from school, I was punched. Um, uh, uh, I was in primary school, in secondary school. There was another time when someone asked me for for money outside the school and then started hitting and kicking my head. Um, And I got a very good old black eye that time. Um, So there, are like, so things happen, right? Things happen to me. It happens and we we take some sensible precautions in life, don't we? Maybe we don't go down the darkest alleys in the middle of the night, but 99% of the time it doesn't happen. And our mental fear of something can become so much bigger than the actual risk. So I remember a few days after I was beaten up, I was I was at a bus stop and I was staring at, you know, staring at the reflection of on the glass and the kind of perspex screen of the bus stop. And I saw someone kind of walking towards me from behind and I felt the adrenaline kind of shoot through me of, of fight or flight that I thought someone was kind of coming for me. They weren't. They were just walking. They weren't doing anything. But when I saw someone walking in my direction, I got that fear, that, that fight or flight thing, you know, shooting through me again. So, so so there is real. There are real risks, but there's also. What can become unhealthy is our fear of risk, which is greater than the risks involved as well. When I lived in Boston in the States, um, some people. Uh, said oh where you live is is a rough neighborhood all oh, that's that's a bit that's a bit dangerous around there uh where where you live and it really wasn't it really wasn't it was really um it was a neighborhood where in the dark streets teenagers hung around on doorsteps so there were you know a few teenagers hanging around but it wasn't actually it wasn't actually i never felt actually scared in that place, because I sort of felt like I'd been in worse places. Um, so again, just the fear of something, the fact it's enabled where teenagers hang around in the streets all night, in, in the evening, can be much bigger than the reality of it. And we can become paralysed if we're not careful of, of, of our fear, of our worry of worst case scenarios. The other form of worrying, I think, is, is is feeling overwhelmed with what you've got to do, which is what was annoying me about that, that meeting reminder in the corner of my email page. I want to think about that meeting when, when I'm in the meeting or before it, if I need to spend time preparing something for that meeting. But I don't want to be sucked constantly into the future thinking about tomorrow's meeting and then spend tomorrow's meeting worrying about the meeting the next day. You know, that's that's not a good way of being. You know, you might have lots of things to do, but you can only do one of, them, one of them at a time. So do the one thing that you have to do and then do the next one. Be present to each of the, the tasks in front of us. The spiritual traditions, including Christianity and Buddhism, it, it insist that, 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 that it is by gathering ourselves into the present, and not spreading ourselves into the future and the past, that we find that deeper reality of life. Because even if we do have things that we should be sensibly fearing, even if there is stuff we have to do, we create suffering by making those things more wounding to ourselves than they actually need to be. If there's something we need to worry about, we can think about it. If there's things that need doing, we can do them one by one. If we fear the worst happening, we need to be reminded that 99% of the time, the worst doesn't happen. And we can look back and think, well, why was I worried about that thing? The reality of it was much, was not as much to worry about as as my worry, my fear of it. And do we really Do we really want to spend our life worrying about things that might not happen? Is that how you want to live your life? Or do you want to enjoy life? Do you want to actually experience life? Do we actually want to live? Do we actually want to be in the present and not be sucked off into these these places of anxiety do we actually want to experience life i just want to end today with a buddhist zen story and it's a story of a man who's walking through the woods and suddenly he came across a tiger. Which looked at him and was growling, looked like it was hungry. And then began to pounce towards the man. The man ran off as fast as he could. He ran and he ran. He felt the tiger was getting closer and closer to him, catching up with him about to pounce on him. And then he skidded and he fell and he began began to fall from a cliff he'd ran accidentally getting away from his tiger off a cliff and he scrambled to find a, a handhold and he and he held on to a, a vine with one hand began to dangle with this tiger above him at the top of the cliff and he thought to himself i can't go up maybe i can go down but as he looked down he saw another tiger that was actually at the bottom of the cliff. There was a tiger above him, there was a tiger below him, and he was holding on for dear life on this one branch. And then he saw two mice began to come along the branch and began to nibble at it. And then he saw growing in the nook of this cliff a strawberry plant with a few succulent big strawberries and he took one of those strawberries and he ate it and it was sweet